Good evening, everybody. My name is John, and I am your host with the most. So be prepared to be scared silly, because this is Boo My Dad Says. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Boo My Dad Says. My name is John, and I am your host, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our program tonight. Let me first tell you a little bit about our podcast before we jump into tonight's content. So what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be talking about local hauntings or folklore or UFO sightings, cryptid sightings, all sorts of things like that. You know, and what I mean by like local folklore is like we have this exit here in my region called the Okalona Road exit. And the story behind that is some years ago, there was a car accident there and a, a young lady and her boyfriend were killed on that exit ramp. And now... Whenever you park your car at the bottom of this exit ramp and you put it in neutral, your car will be pushed back up the hill by the ghost of the young deceased couple. Now, is this a true story? I don't know. I've heard that it's actually a optical illusion that the exit ramp is actually an uphill ramp, but it looks like you're going downhill. But now I have seen a video of this on YouTube and it does work. I, the car was in neutral, it was rolling backwards, but I do fall down on the side of being a bit skeptical about this local legend. But that's kind of how we're going to be talking about with our, our folklore and our local stories. You know, one thing that I want you guys to understand, that this show is going to be family friendly. We're not going to get overly scary. We're not going to be talking about like your Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees going at it in the middle of Manhattan during Armageddon and all that kind of stuff. It's not going to be your blood and guts kind of spooky. It's just going to be more of the Let's see if we can raise the hair on your arms a little bit and make you have that little tingle down the back of your neck. But you can always count on that this show will be a clean show. So you can watch it, excuse me, <laughs> listen with your kids. And, you know, and I find that very important because there will be times when I use my two sons as co-hosts on the show. Now, a little bit about me and my background. I can't honestly say that I have had an experience with the paranormal personally. But I do have a deep interest in the uh, subject. And it all kind of started back when I was seven years old when the real Ghostbusters came out on television. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. You have four guys running around New York City with unlicensed nuclear accelerators strapped to their back. That's their saying, not mine. 
And then moving on up into the years of my middle school years, I would check out books from the school library on paranormal activity. And one of my favorite stories was about this ghost train that was the funeral train for Abraham Lincoln and how people had seen it and they actually seen the president in the train. So that's a little bit about me. So let's go ahead and let's jump over to the show that I've got planned for us tonight. But first, let's have a quick word from our sponsor. And we're back. So tonight, we're going to be talking about the hauntings at ETSU, or East Tennessee State University. And this is kind of near and dear to me because East Tennessee State University is my alma mater. So nestled in the Appalachian Mountains, East Tennessee State University started out as East Tennessee State Normal School in 1911 to educate teachers. In 1925, the name was changed to East Tennessee State Teachers College, subsequently gaining accreditation from the Southern Association of Colleges and Secondary Schools in 1927. By 1930, the school's name changed again to East Tennessee State Teachers College, Johnson City, and then in 1943, East Tennessee State Teachers College was expanded into a college with a range of liberal arts offerings becoming East Tennessee State College. It then became East Tennessee State University in 1963, adopting the name that it holds today. So over the years, East Tennessee State University has garnered a reputation as being one of the most haunted colleges in the United States. OnlineSchoolCenter.com ranks ETSU number four in its top 50 most haunted schools in the nation. So let's take a look at some of the hauntings on the East Tennessee State University campus that has helped give ETSU the haunted reputation that it has rightfully earned. So let's take a look at our first haunting of the night. And that haunting is the ghost of Sidney Gilbreth. He is the first president of the university from 1911 to 1925. Gilbreth, who passed away in 1961, is said to haunt the building that's named after him, Gilbreth Hall. Sidney, who has been nicknamed Uncle Sid, over the years, has taken on the role of an official caretaker to the building. Several accounts have stated that he will go around and close doors and windows that have been left open by students and faculty, particularly before oncoming storms. And there have also been other accounts as people have said that they have seen shadows walking by these windows when it happened. Other times there have been 
people saying that they've heard whispers of like get to class and stuff because he you know he was very from what I understand a very particular um, head of the school he was very particular about rules and things like that so with me I was I was a graduate of the computer science department at ETSU and a lot of the the computer science classes are in Gilbert Hall. So I can't say that I had any experiences there with his ghost. That doesn't mean that that's not true, but I myself haven't experienced anything. But I also had a part-time job, and I didn't really get to just spend a lot of my free time at the university. So now our next destination on our haunted trip through East Tennessee State University is Lucille Clement Hall. Clement Hall was built as a women's dormitory in 1967. It could house 364 female students. Clement Hall might possibly be the most haunted building on the campus. And one of those spirits is said to haunt this has been named Marble Boy. If you all haven't heard in the background, our uh, one of our unofficial co-hosts, Nova, is uh, barking her approval of this podcast. This is Nova, and she has approved this message. But Marble Boy is said to be the, of a child who died in the hall when he had fallen down an elevator shaft while playing a game of marbles. There have been many reports of students that say that they can hear at night marbles being dropped on the ground. But it has also been said that if you make Marble Boy angry, he will drop his whole bag of marbles everywhere making a whole big clatter. There have also been several reports of TVs turning off and on and changing channels all by themselves, as well as water faucets turning off and on. Now, here's an interesting part that I find about the, about in this history, the history of this building. In January of 1985, a there was a Cessna airplane that narrowly missed the hall and crashed into the parking lot by the dormitory, killing all three of the passengers. And it has been said that a lot of the paranormal activity could be linked to the deaths of these three passengers in the in that plane. I don't know about you all, but if I ran into Marble Boy in Clement Hall, that just would do it for me. I'd be like, nope, I am going to stay somewhere else. Move me to another building. But, you know, the problem is with ETSU being so haunted, I don't know if there's not a building on that campus that doesn't have some kind of ghosts in it.
Next up on our haunted tour is Burleson Hall. And it is said to be haunted by none other than Christina Burleson, who was an English professor that taught Shakespeare for about 40 years at the college. All I know is, Professor Burleson, if you're listening to this podcast, please don't haunt me, because I'm sure I have made several grammatical errors in this podcast, and I don't want to get on your bad side since you're an English professor. Maybe if I recited a little bit of Shakespeare, that might, um, you know, appease you a little bit. You know, that to be or not to be, that is the question. Alas, poor Horatio, I knew him well. Anyways, I digress. Christina Burleson taught Shakespeare for about 40 years at the college. She had developed a disease that ran in her family and that had eventually placed her into a wheelchair. Mrs. Burleson committed suicide in 1967 because she believed that she was a burden on her family. It is said that she haunts the painting of her father as the eyes of the painting will follow you as you walk. But the thing is, people claim that if you've seen pictures of her father or other paintings, the eyes in this particular painting are not his, but they belong to her. Well, I guess uh, if you're going to be followed by a set of eyes, whew, that's just spooky, man. You know, I, I, I've, I've seen a few paintings where it looks like that they are following you and that's the one the one thing I can say that I experienced in Gilbert Hall he's got his also has his painting up there and I thought his eyes were following me too but I figured that was just probably an optical illusion but anyways we'll take we'll take the uh their word for it Our next stop on the haunted history of ETSU is Cooper Hall. Now, this building was torn down in 1984, but it has a very interesting history. The building was named after the wealthy businessman, George Carter, who donated the land on which ETSU was built. It is said to be haunted by his daughter. It's claimed that the spirit's name is Alice and that she had fallen in love with a young man, but her parents refused to let her marry him. So she committed suicide by ingesting a lethal dose of rat poison. Carter was so grief-stricken over the loss of his daughter that he immortalized her image in a stained glass window that was installed in the family home. When Carter died in 1936, the college purchased the house and named it Cooper Hall. It was then opened as a dormitory for senior women. Now, I don't know what this is. Why is it that all the female dormitories that I've, 
are the ones that are haunted, at least from what I can tell. Maybe it was because it was a teacher's college back in the day, and most of most teachers, I guess, were female back then. But it just seems like that a lot of the the women's dorms are the ones that are haunted. So, anyways, not long after his death in 1936 is when the haunting started. Voices were heard singing in the halls, and unearthly screams sometimes were heard in the middle of the night, or items would turn up missing and then return later at different times in different places. And some of the girls complained that they felt as if they were being watched. And But here's the funny thing. Most of these strange events took place in the vicinity of the stained glass window. Later, though, when the house was abandoned, the window was removed but has since been lost. The stories of the hauntings, though, still continue for years, even after the building was no longer used. Another interesting story about Cooper Hall, or I guess an oddity, was was discovered by historian Ray Stahl from Johnson City. He discovered that Cooper actually, and here's the twist at the end, ladies and gentlemen, had no daughter but a son, and that the stained glass window was actually of his likeness because it was, he was a very beautiful child with long, glowing, flowing hair. And I had also read in my research, too, that they were very disappointed that they did not have a daughter. So that's why the the, uh, long hair and the, the window looked very, I guess, feminine in its features. But after the dormitory was closed, it became an office space and then the campus radio station. Several students and janitors have encountered the ghost during this time. So in 1984, the university tore down Cooper Hall, claiming that it was because the old building would cost way too much to renovate. But many people want to believe otherwise. Well, there you have it. There are many other locations on ETSU campus that have had paranormal experiences, but the stories that I've shared with you are the ones that I thought were the most interesting. All I know is that I would really hate to run into any of these spirits in the middle of the night. Like I said, Marble Boy? Nope. No, sir. I'm finding another place to sleep. So, let's switch gears to our listener stories right after a word from our sponsor. Our listener story for the night comes from Tammy. And she writes, When I was maybe 13 or 14, my mom and stepdad decided to go to the local cemetery late one night and place a tape recorder on a random gravesite and leave it for an hour. They did that and then went back to get it and brought it back home. Once they got home, the entire family sat around the table to listen, not really expecting to hear anything. 
there was myself and four sisters listening to the sounds of the country crickets making their normal nice sounds, and then the tape went silent. We thought the tape recorder had stopped working, but then a voice clearly spoke. My stepsister chimed in immediately. I heard Wooten. My mom and dad's jaws dropped, and the look of amazement was something I will never forget. My dad said, oh my God, that was the name of the headstone where we left the recorder. I have been fascinated with the paranormal ever since. Tammy also writes, as a teen, for several years, I used to see large orbs in my basement and on the road behind our house. I am convinced that the house I live in now is haunted because the man that lived there before us died here. I closed doors only to come back a few minutes later to find them open again and hear sounds all the time coming from the attic or other parts of the house. The kids both swear that they have seen people standing in their rooms at night. Well, all I know, Tammy, is right there, whew, I think I can handle the orbs. I think I can handle the EVP, but waking up from a dead sleep in the middle of the night and having somebody standing in the room, oh no, that would be like an instant for sale sign in my house, let me tell you. That would be almost as bad as if I found a snake in my house, because that's probably the only thing I'd be even more afraid of is finding snakes in my house. Mm-mm, I don't do snakes. They're the devil. It says it in the Bible. Snakes are bad. And I will fight you over that one. Because I know there are people out there that love snakes. They keep them as pets. They they name them Fluffy and all that stuff. But nope. You can keep the reptiles. Now, if you've had a listener experience that you would like to share with Boo My Dad Says... Feel free to email that to me at boo my dad says at outlook.com and I will do my best to get your story on the air.